0: Hi everyone and welcome back to RPG R&D. I'm one of your hosts, Jess Geyer. I am one half of one of the games and I design tabletop role-playing games. And I'm here with my co-host Craig Campbell. Hi Craig.
1: Hi Jess. I am Craig Campbell and I'm the owner of Nerdburger Games. And yes, I design tabletop role-playing games as well. And you are listening to the any submitted RPG R&D. I'm getting the word out hopefully one of the the, the judges will like it and put us into the ballots to actually be voted on. And then you will never stop hearing us talk about how we are any nominated if that happens. Absolutely. Never stop
0: talking about it.
1: But right now, just submitted. So fingers crossed, everybody. Oh, we got a guest. Hey, Ben. Hello. We're
0: over here navel gazing. Yeah, good, I you're you're well, I
1: try to I try to shake up how I bring the guest in a little bit each time because if it's mm-hmm. just exactly the same kind of
2: introduction, I try to. I'm a very mellow guest too, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm Ben Sandfelder. I'm a indie game designer for both tabletop and a little bit of digital games occasionally. I'm the designer of Lightning War. And I also do some writing, level design, that kind of stuff. And I'm excited to be here again. I've got to guest star on like, I think one or two of these. So I'm glad to be back.
0: Thanks for coming back.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: We have some great topics to talk about. They're not dark at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every once in a while, we have like a, a couple of topics that are like, doom and gloom. I actually don't think that this one is doom and gloom so much. Craig, you want to tell us what our topic is for today?
1: Sure. Today, talking about GMing on the GMing side of things, we're talking about character death. What happens when the player's character dies? um there's a lot of uh things to talk about with all of this and we'll just kind of touch on what we can in a half an hour or so but you know there's and there's also people have very very strong opinions about games having character death and how how much of a threat character death should be let's try not to go too far down that road and have a big debate about how important character death is as a storytelling element just the idea that hey it's it's in there in some of these games and how can it be handled and and what happens with different types of games in different situations let's let's roll who's who's got who's got a strong opinion that isn't debating the worth of death as a motivator
0: okay like we're gonna be death neutral here (laughs) no i i like having it as an option in games i really do because i think when you're in certain genres there is an expectation that a, that a character might die if you're on a, if you're reading a fantasy book there's an expectation that the stakes might be to the level that somebody dies unless you're reading like a middle years fit like like you know for like younger readers if you're reading an adult fantasy even a young adult fantasy people are going to be toast and it kind of it's fun in a way because you know, like you get so emotionally invested. It's fun to cry. It's fun to have this catharsis, at least for me. But there, there is something a little bit different, isn't there? When it's your character <laughs> that mm-hmm. that you have been inhabiting and playing and and have cultivated from the ground up. There's a little bit of a difference there, right? Have, have any of you had, had a character that you really like to die in a game?
2: So I have very different, like, I'm usually the DM, and so what I find happens when I'm playing, when I'm actually a player in games, is I actually get bored of characters quickly. So my characters chronically die in games.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chronically
0: die.
2: Yeah, because um, it's a way for me to phase them out of the story and bring in something more mechanically interesting to me. So I've been on both sides where like I really like getting invested in a character, and I also like killing that character off and bringing someone new in when their time is up.
1: As a a GM, I think it's probably useful to be aware of that sort of mentality Mm -hmm. and other types of mentalities regarding character death um, amongst your players so that you don't necessarily come out of it, you know, feeling like, oh, I feel terrible. I've killed off Ben's character four times in a year. Um, and Ben's like, hey,
2: I'm fine. I'm good. Like, I like playing a new character every three months. I lost I lost three characters in two sessions once. It's nothing oh for gosh.
0: me. Wow. <laughs> wow. What game?
2: Pathfinder.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a little bit of sense. <laughs> that that like, can happen. That, that's a pretty deadly game. And then there are games where, like, you go into the first session and they're like, okay, well, here's your character sheet with four different characters on it. And here's my stamp that says dead on it. Uh, like Dungeon Crawlers Classics.
2: Dungeon Crawl Classics Borg. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I think, Craig, you said, like, it's important to know this as the GM the attitudes of the players at your table for how they feel about their characters dying. And that is a great question you should put in your session zero, like, interview or whatever you do, whatever <laughs> your strategy is for your session zero, asking your players directly, hey, how do you feel about your character? Dying. Do you do you like that? Like, how do you handle that? Or like, or like I want this game has character death. How should we handle this at the table?
1: And couple that question with what the sort of baseline is of the game you're playing. There are some games where character death isn't even in the game. Obviously, mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about it. There's like, oh, your characters don't have hit points or wounds or anything like that. That's not what the game is about. But there's some games that are it's easy to kill characters, and some games it's incredibly difficult yeah. to kill characters. And the GM, you can dial the you know you can dial the intensity of the game up or down to make character death more or less possible. With uh, you know ba- based on like what game you're playing and what the players are kind of expecting out of the game. But it's definitely worth having that conversation.
2: Yeah, I had to do that in Lightning War. You know, Lightning War as written is supposed to have a whole lot of character death, but in the DM section, I have uh, the stormtrooper marksmanship rules which are if the enemies use suppressing fire you can do this really penalizing debuff and never actually risk killing anyone so giving dms tools both you know narrative and mechanical to handle character death Mm -hmm. is a big plus in the system for me at least
1: especially like if you've got a game that um and just you know as a gm keep them keep it keep a look at take a look at the game and what the options are and what you you know maybe house rule Mm -hmm. but if you have a game that is fairly deadly and the character the the players are kind of expecting there to be some character death but then all of a sudden you just go on a killing spree over the course of like three or four sessions that might be a little more than they were expecting and if there's rules or things you can do to kind of tail that back for a little while to give everybody a breather that can be useful too
0: Yeah, there are all sorts of things you can do once you knock all of your players down to zero hp and negative or whatever it is is the is the the death of your game maybe they all wake up and they are in the realm of death and now they have to play games with death to get their bodies back um or maybe yeah, maybe they all they wake up they're all in jail they're all in a prison they're they're somewhere else and there are some, that is <laughs> mm-hmm. still that's still a penalty for these players who don't want to, or maybe like at this moment, like that's not a very satisfying death for these players, for these characters. You you can go ahead and deus ex machina it a little bit. They, because when it comes to the death of a character, that is an irreversible thing. A lot of times there are resurrection mechanics in some games. I and mean, if you are going to pull that stop out at any moment, it's when a PC dies. It's, I, I feel like you shouldn't, you shouldn't worry that you're cheesing it up Uh, as a GM, if it's going to, number one, work better for the player themselves, or like the players themselves, Uh, number two, if it's going to work narratively better, and number three, if it's going to increase the drama instead of decrease it, there are moments where a character's death would completely knock out the drama 100%. It's not, for me, I don't mind if if my characters die. What I do mind is if, it feels like my characters died with unfinished business in a non-angsty way. I like it when it's angsty. Or if they died in a meaningless way. I hate that. I hate it so much. And I, I share that with my with my GMs here. Like, I would rather if I'm gonna die, like I'm fine with dying, but can I not get like ganked by 30 little tiny rats or something? Can it can it be fun? Can it be a fun death? Yeah can it be heroic and dramatic?
1: Can, it be, can it be i'd like my death to be extra humiliating
2: yeah, yeah no one and of mine really was just uh... embarrassing <laughs> one of those three pathfinder characters was plane shifted to the elemental plane of water Ooh. without any means of water breathing it was kind of <laughs> hilarious that's honestly. a problem ben. <laughs> yeah see uh, hilarious <laughs> deaths hilarious
0: yeah. deaths are also fun with a lot yeah. of genres I mean, if if for example, if you're in a big boss fight and your character's mortal enemy was on the other side of the battlefield, and you just got like stabbed by some random <laughs> dude, that's not fun. At least give your player the option of of uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll, you...
1: going out fighting the, the the mortal enemy.
0: Yeah, this might be one of those times where you kind of as, as a DM, like you just like kind of take everything off the table and you just narratively role-play for a bit, like, okay, yeah, the consequences of this die roll were that your player died, and technically it was this goblin or whatever that killed you. Let's pause, let's narrate, and we'll, like, obviously at the end of this little narration, you're gonna die, but we can make it cooler, and you can have this fun story about your character, and then we can move on.
1: Here's my suggestion for that situation. The big bad mortal enemy sees this about to happen and then uses some sort of magic that you pull out of your ass that the character that the, that the NPC doesn't really have, but they do it. And they telekinesis that person over here and they boom, you know, in a loud booming voice. No, only I get to kill him. And Boom, up goes the stakes. The character still has the chance to do something, and you've taken them out of just getting, you know, murdered by some little mook yeah. <laughs> schmuck on the other side of the battlefield. Yeah. That's
0: fun. That's yeah. fun. Yeah.
1: The player will appreciate that. And the and the other players will get, you know, if if the, if that player's character manages to kill the big bad oh, exactly. uh, mortal enemy because of that hubris, that's satisfying. <laughs> and if they die, then it's also, you know, uh, narratively enjoyable it's like oh well, my character got killed and then you can all, like as jess was saying you can do the whole thing
2: Well, yeah. like, you know do they, is, mm-hmm. is it a game where there's resurrection or return or whatever and that touches on something else the dm's plans i have run games before where i've had I, i've worked with a player on like a 10 page backstory and we've got <laughs> this epic plan for their character's end game and then they get murked by a goblin like three sessions in you know there is a there's a play style difference that I've found, you know, between older systems and newer systems, where in the newer, more character-driven systems, killing characters off is a pain. Having to bring in a new player character is one of the hardest challenges for new DMs, because it's like, all right, uh, and this stranger shows up and is in your group now, figure out a reason for it. So from the DM perspective, that kind of random character death can be really inconvenient.
0: Yeah, it is, it is, especially if you're doing a lot of backstory tie-in and then you either have to figure out with the player, like, okay, how can we make, cause again, your character's leaving all this unsatisfying, unfinished business that was driving the plot along, that was like connected to all these other people. And obviously, this wasn't satisfying for us. Like, what are we gonna do? It. I've had that happen, it's. You're right. It sucks. It sucks for your planning. So yeah. there, there are some tricks that you can pull out with that, and still have the, the character die. Technically, like you can do all sorts of. If you're in a, in an Eldritch Horror game, maybe they come back and there's something a little wrong with them, or if you're doing a high fantasy game, maybe. They somehow escape from the plane of death and they don't know why. And maybe now they have a bounty on them from something or now they have a mystery. Like, okay, who brought them back? Who who, who did this to them? Or maybe they secretly know. Maybe they're secretly an immortal and they've been trying to hide it from everyone. You're going to add this little element to their backstory. There are all sorts of t- tricks you can pull out of your bag to... To make the death a thing that happens, and maybe we even have all the other players grieve over the character, like "Ah, oh, this sucks." Here's our funeral. Have you ever done a funeral in game? It's so fun. I, like make everybody say something nice about <laughs> the character who died.
1: That was that was that was on my list of things to talk about. It's, oh, welcome yeah. oh, back to that role then. playing grieving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a quick side note on that, like, you know, returning from the dead, like maybe they drank from the river or ate the pomegranate seed and they come back and they forget who they are. Mm -hmm. So the character is kind of gone Mm -hmm. and the other characters have to kind of remind them and take them under under their wing and kind of get them back into what's going on with the story. And then their memory comes back very slowly. And it's a build back to, you know, realizing, oh, hey, that, you know, that big bad killed me. um, And now I have a second chance to take care of the job.
2: I'm actually getting to do something like that in a game I'm playing in right now. My cleric, nat one to death save, died in the paladin's arms. That's unsatisfying. One, like kind of one satisfying. initiative before getting, <laughs> you know, laid on hands. And so the DM was like, "Hey, how would you like to, uh, you know, keep that character going?" So I rerolled the character as a reborn, and I'm basically doing like a Shadow of Mordor. Like my cleric's deity is, you know, kind of possessing cohabiting the character's body and I just kind of slip back and forth between the two characters. Ooh,
0: that's fun.
2: Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, um,
0: I, I I think like that's the thing that we yeah. want, right? We want we want the the drama. We want the angst yeah. as players and as GMs too. We want that to happen. Oh, yeah. It's so unsatisfying to just die and you don't like when you when you die in D specifically in games like <laughs> it. <laughs> You don't, you don't get final words. You were knocked to zero or negative HP and then you have to do some death saves. You can't, you're not like, you're not Boromir getting hit with a bunch Mm -hmm. of arrows and and like, obviously he's a goner, but he's still saving the hobbits. That doesn't get to happen. That's not fun. Boromir gets hit in the head and then bleeds out slowly (laughs) on the ground. No, that's not
1: cool.
0: Okay. Listen, even Gandalf came back. All right you can too. I think that we worry that we're not going to be fair to the other players that the other player is going to be upset. Like, Oh, he gets to come back too. Like, it's not going to be so like, that's not fair. But if you discuss it with your players ahead of time, if you talk to your players, Mm -hmm. you'll probably find no one cares that this, this, they probably think it sucks just as much as the player, the player who died does.
1: Yeah. And if you, if you are playing a game where characters can come back, building off of what jess said about like particularly D, it's like oh my cleric's fifth level and has a really expensive diamond here we go mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just bring the character back you know what about the ease of return think about that from the gm's perspective like the rules may say it's this easy or maybe it's a little more difficult or whatever but you can always build that out into things you can have um or at least have, you know, build a moment out of it where it's not just a cleric casts a spell and it consumes a really expensive diamond and it's done. One of the things that I had a GM once who like they, what they love to do was if the cleric raised, went to raise somebody from the dead, either the GM would as like some emissary of that God, or sometimes the, the cleric, you know, the cleric's player would play this disembodied spirit of the cleric and go and talk to the person in the land of the dead and say, do you want to come back mm-hmm. and why? And is it, it because my God is not going to let this happen unless there's a good enough reason.
2: Princess and Bride. Build some, and yes. build some
1: drama into it. Even if it's just a scene of the, of the character talking about their unfinished business. And that, you know, that, that earns the death return a little bit more yeah. than just, uh, you know, casting a spell.
0: And when they actually do die, if they actually do die, it does make it more satisfying. I'm so glad that you brought up Princess Bride
2: what you got that's <laughs> worth living for yeah exactly
0: that's an example of in the story mm, they're lady. they're making fun of the idea that yeah wouldn't it be funny if the hero died in the middle of yeah. the story like it would just end the story let's we gotta bring him back like that is that is so fun <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so fun yeah they're they're i i just death can it's it's a i love it i i love it i think it's angsty yeah. pile on the angst onto me <laughs> Ah, uh, well, you want to talk about grieving then? Like, if a, if a player does die or a character, gosh, if a character yeah. does die, <laughs> how you handle grieving at the table? Obviously, that's something you have to talk about again in session zero. Grieving, grief can be a a trigger for a lot of people.
2: Could be
1: a could be a liner of veil, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and you know, some people just like I don't want to, I don't want that in my game. If the character dies, okay, I get that, but I don't want to sit there and dwell on it because I just went through losing somebody. Yeah. And I don't want to have to go back to that place right now. Maybe, you know, and, and that may pass in time, that person might become better with it. But at the, you know, right now, hmm, not such a great thing for them to be de- to going through.
0: That's it. That's an example of why you should talk about your lines and veils and all those other things <laughs> over and over again, not necessarily like every session, but it's like yeah, checking check in, in with your players
2: because
0: yeah. things change in people's
1: lives. Talk about lines and veils. Yeah. yeah. And you if you're friends and you know, like be cognizant, like, you know, like I'm. we're playing, let's say the three of us are playing this game. And I know that Ben just lost a loved one like a few weeks ago, because Ben and I are friends and we keep in touch. And I know this thing. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask that question privately, probably, but you know, maybe put it out there anyway, but if there's going to be grieving, um, yeah, grieving can be really great. A memorial service. If the character died heroically, did something wonderful. If they have all these great deeds, like a mem- an in memoriam moment where everybody gets up and tells a great story. That's what, you know, th- those are my favorite types of Oh god, I can't believe I'm you're making me go down the dark road this week. Ben 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 chose the topics. I blame you. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I personally as a person, I despise funerals. I hate every single thing about them. That's me. I'm not going to get into why, but I do. But, you know, in in a game, like if if there's going to be a funeral, um like the funeral where you're celebrating the life of the character and telling all the, the funny stories or the heroic stories that's great you know but to flip it on its ear like if you're playing a game that's a little more lighthearted and stuff but characters die like how do you as the bard you know like the gm prompt the bard for example or or the leader of the group if that's if, if, you, if you don't have a storyteller character like you got to go back and tell this person's family like what happened to them? That's something that gets ignored so often in, in games like D&D that I've played in. It's like, well, somebody died. Like, it's
0: because everyone's character. Nobody, like their nobody, and nobody. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, all their, all their family members have, are either already dead or have turned evil. <laughs> but,
0: their dad killed them. We don't need to kill him. Yeah, but,
1: but if it, if it is a thing, like, you know, if your character dies to 30 rat bites, like, I, 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 and, I, and I'm going to let the character go and the game is lighthearted. I want one of you or the GM to, to step in there. The GM can prompt one of you, the other players, or the GM can, you know, do an NBC and let's see a cutscene and go talk to my character's parents and, and explain to them how either completely honestly how the character died. Well, your character did this wonderful thing and this wonderful thing and this wonderful thing and then got bit by 30 rats um, <laughs> and let it, let it be a funny moment or like go in there and like, what do you tell like, you know, the white lies to make someone feel better? Like, maybe the character wasn't terribly good in a fight and it's always getting everybody in trouble and then died of 30 rat bites. And like you could have a really lovely moment where somebody goes and tells the, the family that they died a hero. You see it in movies all the time. Everybody watches, everybody loves the moment. The music swells. Everybody gets teary eyed. The person who wasn't particularly heroic, their family members think they died for a worthwhile cause because it's better to let people believe those sorts of things and, and, we, we as human beings do that in real life, why wouldn't your characters do it? And why? And as a GM, you can support that and, and prompt that.
2: Recently, I've been on kind of like a old school d kind of thing. And one thing that's really jumped out at me is this kind of assumption that there will be a rotating door cast of characters. Like you'll be rolling up new characters, not just as characters die, but also as the average level of the party shifts because like ah yeah these characters are too high level to do to keep up with the new one so why don't you make up some new lower level characters kind of thing but every character gets to designate an inheritor who gets all their stuff when they die <laughs> and it's like it's such like a little thing from like you know the 1979 version of the game but it's like oh even if your character dies there can still be some continuity because now you get to bring in this new wide eyed level 1 character who just inherited all of this old characters levels upon levels of cool magic items. And he's like,
0: yeah, I thought my uncle died from 30 rats. I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> he had all this stuff.
2: Yeah. So what's the story behind this like plus three great sword he had here? <laughs> like you get to kind of have that continuity too.
0: A, a funeral is also a good time to bring in f- new NPCs.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe,
0: maybe, like oh yeah this person had this huge grudge against the they're gonna come in they're gonna completely ruin this funeral they're gonna crash it you know weddings and funerals those are the times where you can bring in the evil person who does a monologue and casts a curse it's uh funerals are a great time even for like soap opera type (laughs) dramatic rpgs funerals are where people make these grand reveals or i had a twin or like that wasn't me that was so-and-so, I faked my own death. Like, those are all times where you can do this, this great drama.
2: One of my favorite tropes is the <laughs> villain showing up at the funeral or other event and being completely civil about it.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or, right, I was just going to say that too with just yeah. you know, like the bully shows up or whatever, the, the antagonistic character shows up and like totally forgives the character. And you're like, hmm, do we believe that? Mm. Like, you can, As a GM, you can sw- slip that in there. Um, this is kind of player advice, but I think as a GM, you can prompt it for the right types of players with the right types of characters if you have a character that is a prankster if you have a character that is a like a uh, schemer and that character dies talk to the player in between game sessions and say hey would your character have anything ready to set in motion in the event of their unlikely death and have a final prank that they play from beyond the grave or have like some scheme that comes to fruition that proves something it could be something that you tie into the story and say hey i as a GM, you might decide like, well, this character died, but they were secretly trying to figure this thing out. But and, and now they, you know, they died and they, they, they died without figuring it out. But I'm going to say you did figure it out and we're going to, you know, have that get revealed when uh, the character's will is delivered along with a scroll that describes the whole thing that they yeah. figured out. And that becomes a plot point. And, you know, the characters now get to enjoy the fact that this character, you know, had that one
2: beyond the grave. Baldur's Gate 3 has something like that with one of your teammates. Uh, If he dies, it triggers a special side quest where a programmed illusion shows up and explains hey, so if you're seeing this message, it's because I'm dead, but I had unresolved plot stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So here is an extremely convoluted step. Like, here is an extremely convoluted list of instructions you need to follow to bring me back to life before something horrible happens.
0: I like
2: that.
1: Yeah,
0: That's there's,
1: fun. I can't remember what season it's in. in. In one of the last couple seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Captain Holt, who's like the captain of the precinct, has a rival that gets established early in the run and keeps popping back up once. Uh, um, she starts out as like a chief and becomes the commissioner, I think, eventually. And like She's always like this gigantic rival of his and they absolutely hate each other. And then she dies in an episode and they spend the entire episode With her getting back, trying to get back at him from beyond the grave. She has this whole (laughs) plot built up to try to embarrass him and ruin his career from beyond the grave. And it twists and turns back and forth because that show does a really good job of having the the detectives figure things out. That's kind of the shtick of the show is like every episode, even if they're not solving a case file. There somebody's figuring something out as a detective. And uh, so yeah, you I mean you could you could have a whole episode of the you know, whole session that deals with like um, somebody that has put something in motion from beyond the grave. And this can go for like major NPC as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that big bad evil guy gets killed off. Like maybe they had one last thing ready to to s- take
2: a swipe at the characters. That's another thing for villains specifically, especially DD DMs out there. The bad guys can cast rays dead too <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah they can do all the same things yeah. that the the pcs can do yeah i i think definitely just talking to your players like i feel like for me the thing i worry about the most when i'm a gm if i if a character dies according to the rules and i'm not going to let them die the thing i worry about most is that the other players are going to feel like I'm treating them unfairly. Like I'm giving an unfair advantage. You're not playing by the rule for this, why? Uh, and that's why it's so important for all of this that we've just talked about. And as we said several times throughout this to just get on a level with your, with your players and, and say like, hey, if this happens, here are some of the ways I might handle it. Is that cool with everybody? I think chances are they're gonna say, yeah, that sounds more fun than me rolling three death saves and just dying permanently from 30 rat bites.
1: Yeah, I think only the biggest sticklers mm-hmm. will object to it early on when there's no actual consequence involved, when, when it's just like, when it's all theoretical, most people are going to be like, yeah, that's fine, mm-hmm. because it could, it could affect them. And they're thinking about it possibly affecting themselves.
0: When it happens, check in again. There is nothing that says that you have to 100% abide by the things you said in session zero. If, if people change their minds, talk mm-hmm. to your players. Talk to your players.
2: Talk to your players.
0: <laughs> this should just be called, this should just be a podcast called Talk to Your Players. <laughs> <laughs> we had known we had known when we were coming up themes for this.
1: Well, Jess, shifting gears.
0: Yeah, yeah, shifting gears to our our designer standpoint, our mm-hmm. game design standpoint. We're gonna still talk about death, and as you know from listening for the last half hour, it's been a very dark, dark subject. Um, we're yeah, talking we, haven't, about-
1: we haven't made any jokes.
0: No. We're talking about designing your game with death in mind, designing for death. Designing for death would be a great like murder novel about like a, <laughs> like a fashion designer. Uh, but no, we're talking about game design, designing for death. There are some games that do it, I think, really well um, in terms of designing not for death. But I'm going to let someone else start talking because the truck is backing into an alley and I'm going to turn off my phone for a second. <laughs>
1: I think when it comes to the design side of things, the most useful thing you can do as a designer when it comes to whether or not death is involved in the game or, or, and how it's represented is to determine first, is death part of the game? Do you need death in the game? And Now, running on the assumption that it's a type of game where characters can die, because that's what this topic is about move on into that, um, then it's a question of like, well, what does death mean for this particular type of game? A high fantasy, like big epic storytelling thing like Jess talked about earlier. Yeah. Death should be um, you know, possible. It should be uh, at least have the threat of permanence at home. You know, they, it, it's going to be the, one of those things that raises the stakes and makes it very real for everybody so that when you do succeed, it's in spite of the fact that your character could have almost you know, or did almost just die in that situation. So, you know, as a, as a designer, it's incumbent to, to build that as part of the game. But now if a game is where death is like not heroic and wonderful, like death is a bad thing. It's just like horror games in particular, like the character just gets killed. Like it happens in the first act, like somebody gets wiped out in the first act and how, You know, how do you design for that? How do you play to that in, in your game design? And, and then, you know, the extension of course, of whether or not just kind of taking on uh, things that we talked about with the GMing side of things is, you know, what is, is, is return from death possible? How does that look? What is the ease of return and how is it appropriate to the game you're designing? I think are the starting points that I would kind of think about.
0: Yeah. There is a game called, it's on my bookshelf right now. And I think it handles death really well. It's called Cthulhu Confidential. And it's a, it's a two-player role-playing game. You have a GM, you have the detective. And if, if you're playing this game, it's just you and this other person and you're halfway through the detective mystery and the detective dies, that ruins the entire game. You can't start over from the beginning with a detective novel, like style, like it's like very gumshoe, pulpy, you know, detective fiction. So instead of having the character die when they would normally have suffered this consequence of dying, they get a permanent, like, they get a permanent negative thing on them. And if I'm remembering right, it's been a while since I've played or read the rules of it. Uh, But if you get enough of those at the end of the mystery, your detective dies, and then you can't play that detective again but you can at least have that continuity through the whole game because that's what works for that genre. Death does not work the same way for every genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think especially if it's a two player, like if you just have like one person and then one player, the way you handle death with that has to be very, very thoughtful, but still having the consequences that, so you're not just like running around shooting guns wildly into the air and crashing your car you know, you don't want to, you don't want, you don't want the player to just kind of have free license to do whatever, because I can't die, but still, you know, going through, through that process. Uh, And then there, then there are genres where you have to have death, like vampire games kind of necessitate death, because to become a vampire, isn't that all about dying? Same thing with, like, if you have Games with ghosts in them, obviously there's death there. Zombies, there's death. Like the you have to figure out, like Craig mm-hmm. said, where does it fit in your genre? First, I, I
2: think Craig did a fun thing with this and die laughing. Uh,
0: yeah, he did. Yeah, it's
2: a yeah, it's a slasher game. You know, if you die, you become one of the producers and you get to spend points to help meddle with the other players um, or help them.
0: Yeah. And in a slasher yeah. in a slasher game in the genre, death exactly, is, yeah. is the genre of a slasher film. And
1: yeah. yeah, it is. It is arguable. If you look across um, my games, and I've thought about this before and it's be, it's being put into sharp focus right now that um, it's arguable in my uh, if you look across all the games that i designed that I uh, am in a, uh, kind of obsessed with dealing with death in different ways and appropriate to the game, whereas you know, die laughing is about killing your character, but then you still have something to do. right? Mm -hmm. Capers, if your character gets reduced to zero um, hits, you have a choice. Your character can be somehow removed from the story for a time. Like it's the, you know, you get knocked unconscious or captured or whatever. Um, Or you can decide that your character is going to die. But before you die, you get one more turn and you get to spend all your points and take your actions and try to do something like really spectacular with it, which is me sort of trying to emulate like, the supers uh genre of things where this you know rarely does a super go out with just like oh poof they're dead like they usually have like some big moment where they accomplish something or at least try
0: bad guys too (laughs) yeah like it in the beginning of in the infinity war the event Endgame, the second one Mm -hmm. right they go and they just cut off thanos's head unceremoniously (laughs) and it's like oh that's very unsatisfying and like kind of the whole thing is like wow that was unsatisfying Oh no, um, that's like the whole plot of that movie. Right. Is- yeah, don't
1: don't worry, we got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I like. I'm just trying to think of like other games other than the ones that I've designed, right? Um, that have to that have interesting death mechanics.
0: In Moonpunk, we have we have a mechanic called there. Uh, there's just no fucking way is the name of the mechanic. So if there's ever a situation where the punks are in danger of a total party kill. Like, yeah, you your ship is crash landing, the the gas canisters are all about to explode, you're being surrounded. One of the punks can decide there's just no fucking way. And somehow through narrative ability, <laughs> they sacrifice themselves, but everyone else gets to continue on. Um, so you get to have the punk go out in a blaze of glory, literally sometimes, um, <laughs> and then everyone else survives.
1: A great mechanic for, like as a, as a GM, like that's, that's a good, or as a, as a designer, it's a good thing to keep in mind that like if that is a possibility, then everybody all dying at the same time is also a possibility. And yeah. that's a great mechanical idea for a way to avoid just bringing the entire campaign to a screeching halt.
2: It's the uh, Kirk and Spock at the reactor scene. You yes. know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was yeah.
0: definitely inspired yeah. by that.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think one of my opinions as a designer is the more complicated and crunchy your character is the less of a role death should have in the game. Like if it's Pathfinder second edition and I have to spend like an hour planning out my character's build and then I die at level one, I have to go through that hour of planning out my character's build again. And that's not necessarily fun. So in my opinion, like my opinion as a designer is that the more likely it is for characters to die, the less rules your system needs to have in the first place, or at least the easier it needs to be to make a character in the first place.
0: Or having choices, like what Craig said, we right. kind of have something similar in the means of magic, where, like, yeah, the first time you get knocked down, you have the choice, like, do you want to just kind of stay out? In means of magic, there's like, you want to just stay down for the count for this battle, or do you want to, do you want to take basically, you get your stuff back for one more time, but if you get knocked down again, you're dead. Like, you get the option to do the heroic thing. You can include that within your mechanics mm-hmm. easily. It's, it's, it's. That's, I mean. It's difficult to think about exactly how you want it to work, but there's nothing that says death. Okay. Now you're done. You can give, give the player the option right there in the mechanics.
1: And speaking of, like building what off of what Ben said about like the idea of like super complicated character creation, yeah. die in the first game, have to go through super complicated, complicated character creation again. And that's the same thing for, you know, like I've got my 15th level character and they get killed. Well, now I've got to create a new 15th level character. And, you know, the gene is going to give me a whole bunch of magic items and I got to figure out what my build is going to be for 15 levels. And that's going to take hours.
0: You got to write a backstory. As a, design, as,
1: as a designer, keeping in mind that how you treat that reset for creating a new character is going to impact who is interested in playing your game and interested in buying your game and potentially the marketability of your game. Like I can't think of a specific example, but I'm sure that if there was a game where it was like like a character could die super easily and it's, in, and it's a gigantic pain in the ass to build a character in the first place, role master, That there might be a lot of people that really hate the system and you might have a hard time you know getting people like it it could get bad word of mouth out of it like now if if that's the target audience if the audience if like there's there's certainly audiences out there that love super crunchy and they're perfectly happy to have a character die and like oh i get to build a new character it's going to take seven hours and they're thrilled (laughs) because they're going to get to go through all their all their supplements and find all these neat combos that's great Like you know, like for the right game, for the right crowd, that's, you know, that, that, that works fine. Um, just be aware that like the choice that you're making is going to kind of affect that down the road, just yeah. outside of the immediate mechanic.
2: And like with D&D specifically, it definitely does feel like a holdover from, you know, this old school approach where, mm-hmm. like I was mentioning earlier with the rotating cast of characters, you know, to make like a basic D&D character, it's seven roles in one decision. You roll your stats, you roll your starting money, and you choose your class, and there are no other decisions like, you know, well, which subclass, which, you know, your, your race is your class, so, like, you don't have to worry about that decision. You know, you can fit your character sheet on a note card, and, you know, remaking that 15th level character isn't nearly as much of a hassle as it is in any later edition, but it still works as if you can just bring in a new 15th level character in five minutes, so...
0: I'm thinking of the, yeah. the movie The okay. Gamers right now and how yeah. like they just bring <laughs> <Yeah>. it.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like the mountain of dead bards, yeah. You look trustworthy. Join us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: I mean, that obviously works for that. Well, I don't know. Does it work for that genre or did they kind of invent that trope and genre with with the you know, OG D&D?
2: Yeah, I mean... I, I haven't gotten to play a campaign of that edition that has gotten that high, but the way the rules sort of imply is this is the edition where your characters at hirelings. You know, you have your fighter has mercenaries working under you. Your wizard has like two or three apprentices. The new first level character isn't adventuring with the high level characters. They get sidelined and they're adventuring with the sidekicks until you catch back up. Is the intent i don't know how many games actually ran that way that's how i'd want to run it but you know <laughs> it's a play style thing
0: yeah what you, what you put yeah. down in the rules too does influence even mm-hmm. if i mean it influences the way people play the game the the conversation this is a slight spare slightly off topic but related to like how the rules relate to how people play people are talking again about the fact that D has evil races this race is evil, this one isn't. So people play it that way because that's what's in the text. If you as the designer change the way that you present things in the text, people at their their tables are going to, in general, change their play style. So what you put down will influence how they do it. Maybe you want the game to have the revolving cast of characters. Put that down in your text and they will... They will have the permission. They will feel the permission mm-hmm. to do it. It's written that Blades. way in OGD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you put, it, put it there and, and they will, subconsciously or not, they're gonna yeah. start doing it that way.
2: And also, you know, if, if there is a specific play style that you want groups to do, you know, spell it out more overtly in the rule book too. Like, hey, just be upfront. Hey, characters are gonna die. New characters are, come, are gonna come in and this is the procedure for that. You know, that kind of advice is really helpful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not even advice, just like spelling it out completely. And if people want to change it and they still want to play your game, that's great. You you can't design around everybody's Mm -mm. (laughs) idiosyncrasies when they're playing. It's impossible to do. But it's like, if you're up front, like here in this game, there's no death and you don't, don't, I don't have mechanics for it. I guess if you want to kill off your players or kill off your player characters, go for it. But there's nothing to handle. You're gonna to have to make that up. I don't know. I can't I can't think of any fantasy games that, like off the top of my head at least, that don't have a death mechanic. Though I'm thinking about that. It's genre pretty specifically. It's pretty typical
1: yeah. Um, yeah. because the, the game is often about um, you know there's often a fair amount of combat involved in the game, and if there is if, if combat is intended to be a big part of the game, then yeah, there's usually going to be death. But you can you can think too about you know, how the game functions and whether, whether death is like, maybe death isn't what you need to have, you know, be the penalty or the downside to failure in in various things. You can have, you can have, you can design a game where, you know, suffering some significant penalties does uh, certain things like, you know, the, the, the downside of, of most, you know, most failures in masks earns you conditions that kind of affects your Uh, character mechanically and and affects your dice rolls, but also like implies like, well, your character is, you know, is experiencing these emotions or is troubled by something or is, you know, there's, there's, uh, and that, and that is fitting to that game because it very much deals with like, you know, teenage superheroes and they're finding themselves and having to deal with their own emotions and trying to relate to each other and make decisions about who they're going to become. And so it's all very touchy-feely. There's a lot of emotional stuff that happens in the game. So maybe that's, you know, a better place for your game to go as, you know, design-wise. Yeah.
2: And yeah. another thing is play play to the strengths of the genre that you're making your game for. Yeah, you know, like uh, Indiana Jones doesn't lose a fight because he dies. He loses a fight because he's outnumbered. You know, build that into the rules.
1: Speaking to the, you know, the Boromir comment from earlier where like D&D rules as written don't allow you to Boromir it. Yeah. <laughs> With, without it being like, well, I know my character is going to die. I'm going to slowly let them get there and I'm just going to sit here and take arrows. But like in the rules, like the, the, it, like if if I was replicating Boromir's death in you know, like the point where he's got multiple be- arrows in his back is when he hits zero hit points and he continues to get arrows in his back and he continues to protect the hobbits, even though he's going to die. and He gets this extended sequence of doing that heroic thing, including taking some sword swings. As he's doing it. So, you know, you might have something in your game where like the character reaches a threshold, and they're going to die, but they still have a way to do um, something, Yeah, you know, and and, uh, jumping really quick back to people if you're GMing, like maybe they can spend an inspiration point to take a swing at somebody when they're they're still conscious. They still get to be conscious at, at when they're making death saves and they can g- take a swing. They can't do anything that's going to help heal themselves, but they can protect others and they can make attacks on the bad guy and all that sort of thing.
0: Give dramatic speeches.
1: Give, yeah, give dramatic speeches. Taunt it's, the bad I guy. I always loved you. Yeah. Like, it, it, I'll be waiting for you on the other side, you son of a...
0: (laughs) Yeah, there are also ways that you can, as the game designer, prepare a character. If you're going to have death in your game and it's a consequence in your game, there are ways that you can prepare the character to die. That also raises the stakes kind of dramatically. In the LARP, at least in the LARP dystopia rising, your characters can die multiple times. They come back um, after going through like a, a death scene, essentially. But different, like the different um, like strains they're called. The different types of people have more or fewer amounts of times where they can come back, and you know, you know how many times you can come back. So if you're on to your last life, things are so much more dramatic. Like ah, if I if I die now, I'm done. I'm dead. So not coming back. <laughs> and you can incorporate stuff like that into your game too. Like maybe the first time you would die, you get a wound or something like that. Something, some sort of consequence that like says, oh, oh this, this is gonna stack. And the next time this happens, I might, I, I, I will die. Things like you can increase and mm-hmm. kind of prepare mechanically both the player and the character for their death. Whether that is, whether the character knows in the meta that they, they will be more likely to die next time is kind of like, you can add that or not into the rules, but the player then knows I should be prepared for this inevitability. Uh-oh. Um, Bad things.
1: My brain just sparked on the idea of like, if your character dies, they've now stared death in the face once. So when they're approaching death the second time, maybe they're not so afraid. Maybe there's like some mechanic that makes it that gives them something that bolsters themselves that keeps them a, makes it a little harder for them to die the second time and but mm. still possible and then if they die the second time then like the third time's like i've done this before like if that's if that's yeah. what your game is about like you you can build that into mechanics it can be a point system like when you're at less than 10 hit points you've got these points you can spend to to give yourself bonuses or whatever um and do some really ridiculously cool things you're still possibly going to die but your character is not uh, your character is like, you know, has, has stared death in the face before. And they're, they're like, pfft, I, you know, Oh, if we're here again. All right, here we go. Let's dance.
0: Yeah. I've played other LARPs too. Like where the first time you die, you're guaranteed to come back. The second time you die, there is a, like a 10% chance. you will just die permanently. And that stacks. Uh, and again, just like the stakes, the stakes are great. I love that. Oh, yeah. it. oh, it's, it's so it's... tasty. <laughs>
1: Uh, Escalating (laughs) the the, um, And and mechanics that escalate are fun You can do a lot of things where like it's a little bonus Now or a little penalty now and then but as you Go along the penalty or bonus becomes greater and greater And that facilitates a certain Type of play
0: it gives the The characters the chance to wrap up that unfinished Business too and do all those things that do Make a death unsatisfying And then maybe they're going to Avoid the fights that might get Them killed but they're going to go into the fights That are important to them Uh, And as like A a couple problems, quote unquote, problems can be solved in that way, although it does create other problems. Unlike if you did something like what Craig said, where you give them points to spend, if they stare death in the face first time, they're maybe less likely to avoid a fight altogether because they know they might die.
2: But, you know. But then you got like the risk reward thing.
0: Yeah. You have players like me, though. I'm like, yeah, let's go die in battle. It sounds great.
2: (laughs) And then you have players like me who are like. I don't mind if my character dies. I touch the obviously dangerous thing. <laughs> I frolic down the booby-trapped hallway. It's it's ticking? Let me see. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what do you mean this this uh, label yeah. on this potion bottle has a skull? Interesting.
1: <laughs> wonder if there's two skulls on the label underneath.
0: I wish that's something we had talked about in our first um, half hour was... If you if you are the GM, making sure that the stakes are obvious to the player, like, "Hey, Norman, it's it's ticking, it's gonna explode. Hey, you touch this, it's gonna kill you." Yeah,
1: that's or a t- that's a running joke I've used in games where it's like, "Oh, this is on fire, covered in acid, um, like uh, <laughs> filled with spikes, and it's ticking." <laughs> <laughs> can I can I tell you about one of my favorite things from a game I designed?
0: Yeah, that oh, has to sure. do with
1: this because of, we talk about grieving. Um, you can develop grieving. You can have mechanics that are built around grieving and I specifically did that for good strong hands. Um, It's one of my favorite parts of the game and I think most people probably don't even notice it's there. In the game your characters are fantastical creatures you're fighting to save your world from this big horrible thing called the void. Um, it's faceless you can't defeat it but it has minions that you can and you can push it back if your character dies or if they are corrupted so badly that they fall to the void and become evil and and a minion of the void you can deal with the death or the loss of the character and the first paragraph talks about like you know you have the funeral and people talk about you know tell stories and bond with each other and remember that character that they've lost but then uh I'll, i'll actually just read here look at the lost character's playbook split their remaining spirit which is a a currency in the game the characters will have multiple points of spirit split the remaining spirit as evenly as possible between all their friends any friend who gets less spirit than the others may also remove a condition finally each of the lost character's friends unchecks two shadow which is the thing that makes corruption happen in the game as the void is pushed out by their friendship Oh, I like that. Uh, so like your character dies and we bond in, you know, like Ben's character dies and Jess and my characters uh, bond over like they, they were here fighting the good fight. They did all some, they did some wonderful things, but now they're gone and we're going to fight on in their honor and in, in remembrance of them. And that feeling of everybody kind of banding together to continue the fight is represented mechanically in the game where you, you become a little harder to corrupt. Um and you gain some little other, other little bonuses that will help your character function better.
2: Yeah. Characters getting benefits from allies dying is also a big thing I'm a fan of because it does encourage like a certain level of you know, like sacrifice in the players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I think uh, I, I I think this was something I included in Lightning War at one point. I can't remember if it made it into the final version, but um isn't that the Art? curse of designers? Like, I know, right? What, yeah. what version like, of the rule ended yeah. up in there? Uh, yeah, but so the whole thing, Lightning War's whole main mechanic, which Craig helped me kind of you know helped me design a little bit, was you know characters can cheat death by revealing tidbits of backstory, yeah. and what that does is
1: as a war know, story yeah, troll. Yeah, it,
2: it's a it's a and it's a war story game. So the idea is characters are going to die, but you can cheat death by revealing backstory, and then when they actually get killed off you're invested in them. It's a whole part of the kind of play loop. Um, but the other thing is having your, like you have your main character and your two little side characters who are slightly easier to kill, but just kind of give you passive benefits while they're alive. You know, if the side characters get killed off, that's how your main character's stats go up. Um, because it's, you know, taking what you've learned from that character. Uh, so as a player, you have an incentive to kind of sacrifice these characters, but you're, you feel bad about doing it and that's part of the whole kind of play loop
1: and that fits the war story thing too is that you know like the officers in charge send people into battle knowing full well that some of them aren't coming back
2: right
0: i think that all of that really plays into the idea that the things that you do in your game should be thematically relevant Mm -hmm. and that includes like don't just don't just take the vestigial tale of you get knocked down the negative hit points roll some dice and then maybe you die don't just take that think about what's going to work with the kinds of themes you want to explore and a lot of people like to explore death in their games like Mm -hmm. as a major theme in their games how how does that typically happen in this genre I like that that you've included the war story stuff that's I mean obviously fits yeah. Same thing with, with Good Strong Hands, like the thematic nature of of cooperation and friendship and all of that, like the, the good feelings and the bad. Even even in superhero movies, like there's a, I, I, I don't want to necessarily spoil things, but there's a major <laughs> franchise that ends with a funeral scene. Uh,
1: <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this has probably seen the funeral scene. I'm sure,
0: I'm sure that it's happened.
1: But still, I I feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and there's nothing says you can't, as a designer, put in alternate optional rules too. You Mm -hmm. can say, this is the rule set for like, this will, this will play the game like not so deadly sidebar. If you and your players want a really, uh, you know, a really deadly game, do this instead. And you can design that for it too. So, like, you know, like sometimes like the genre that you're trying to emulate. Like there's no really clear way to do it. Like some stories in that genre do this way. Some stories in that genre do that way. And you haven't really picked one that you want to stick with um, to give, you know, you can give the, the reader the option.
0: You can also add in consequences where, where the players do decide. So when I get knocked down to the death, whatever, to the death point,
1: <laughs> the death, whatever,
0: <laughs> what happens, what happens? And then you decide ahead of time, like let your, let your players decide. With each leveling up, what happens when you get knocked down at this point? What, what's going to be taken away from you? Are you going to die? There's, there's nothing wrong with letting the, the people at the table kind of fill in the blanks if that's not necessarily an important part of the game.
1: Here's a quick thing to throw back to the GM side of things, that upfront talk about how do you feel about character death. You could ask, You could literally ask every player, if your character dies in some stupid random way, how do you want that to be treated? If your character dies in a heroic battle, how do you want that to be treated? If your character dies going up against um, the big bad, you could make a list of just like the uh, some broad categories of how characters might die in the type of game that you're playing, and, and you know that'll give you the sense of what players like Ben would be like. Kill them, kill them all, yeah. no, no matter Whatever. what. But you might have a player that says like, you know. I don't mind the death happening in any scenario except like the stupid 30 rat bites thing. I don't want
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe that is exactly how I want to go.
2: Yeah, my name I will, is you can only kill kid. my character. Yeah, you can only kill my character in stupid ways. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. die to the final boss. <laughs> Whatever happens, it can't be a dramatic thing that the party's going to rally behind. It has to be totally <laughs> meaningless. Everybody has to walk away from it, going, "Jeez, yeah. that." Guy. <laughs> 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 and I want you to build me a
0: statue. It's in my will. You have to follow it.
1: Yes, and the statue will be of thirty rats attacking you, <laughs> 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 and you going, "Ah!" You're just screaming and
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in it, you can see my underwear it's really embarrassing uh uh yeah this has been a great conversation uh i really i really enjoy character death i wish it wasn't so controversial i, I wish it was something people could just like oh this is how we're gonna do it in our game yeah. and people do get really up in arms but it's an emotional thing obviously but ben thank you so much for coming hey uh, thanks back again to the podcast. for having me what do you got to plug for us? Tell us about your stuff. Oof.
2: I am currently doing some freelance writing on some unannounced stuff that I cannot plug yet. Mm-hmm. So the NDA goblins are up. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So when I can plug that stuff, I happily will. But uh, actually, you know what? I am actually going to be on a charity stream in two hours playing Dark Heresy. Uh, let me pull up the info for that i don't think i have a this episode will twitch yet oh (laughs) this episode will go
1: up on thursday but we are recording in advance what what's what stream are you looking for if people want to see what you look like they can go watch this episode yes
2: it's the uh, rook and rasp i'm going to be playing in the dark heresy game at uh 2 p.m on saturday four days four or five days before this episode goes (laughs) live
1: yes but this will be on twitch and it'll probably go to some sort of vod so if you ever wanted to know what Ben
2: looked like <laughs> and and see him play a character. And, and see it. the cool Lightning War artwork in my background. There you it go. It is really cool stuff. Thank you, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, uh, where, where, what about your games? Where can we find your games?
2: Uh, so Lightning War is on DriveThruRPG and Itch. Um, uh, if you want to get the soft cover version, you have to get it from DriveThruRPG. But the PDFs are on Itch, and in my opinion, the wit- the Itch Web page looks a lot cooler. Uh, (laughs) So, but yeah, Lightning War. It is my fantasy World War Two game about a desperate fight against fascism. So it's fun, but it's dark and heavy, kind of like character death. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You can find me on Twitter for right now at least at at Jaska, and you can find my games at itch and also Drive Through RPG under Wannabe Games, and I don't have anything that I'm releasing yet or soon other than means of magic I'm still working on that we we're, we're going to release it this summer
1: and you can find my stuff at nerdburgergames.com um, on drive through rpg as well I'm at nerdburger craig on twitter um, if you want to help see uh keepers cyber happen you can go to patreon uh, patreon.com/nerdburgercraig and subscribe to that it, as of uh, this episode this will be in may so you won't get charged until june and that's when i will actually start releasing stuff for the game and you'll get to see um, glimpses of what's going on in the game i'm going to have the artists start doing concepting which mm. people might find as an interesting thing to get to see a concepting process because i'll be sharing those sketches and drawings for that because um, we got to figure out what an alternate 2022 or like 2020s looks like if all these supers had been super smart and they kind of pushed us into high tech and megacorps. And I started writing megacorps this week, Yeah, You'll we'll be, we'll be thrilled to know. I wrote up two this week.
0: I'm so excited. Megacorps are really fun.
2: They are. Uh,
0: they've appeared in both of my major games. Uh, <laughs> they're just so good to have as villainous forces. Really? Yeah, they are. Just like in real life. <laughs> so fun um thank you to our opening and closing theme song uh by StepSex. sex thank you the song is called Abel, and it was released under creative commons and thank you all for listening and we'll see you back here next time
2: bye